Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Rafters. Today, we're bringing in a man who hails from basketball country. Life is funny. Okay. Oh, good one. Don't go there. Not yet. What will we talk about in our podcast? This is a crazy story. <laughs> you haven't told them? Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> the crazy thing to me is like where you came from. Yeah, we're all older than we think we are. Always going to bleed green, baby. What's up, everyone? This is your host, Mark D'Amico, and we're back for a third season with my co-hosts, Sean Grandy and Abby Chin. We're going to be joined this season by a couple of absolute Celtics legends as well. I'm excited to tell you that the truth, Paul Pierce and his former running mate, Antoine Walker, will both be joining us as co-hosts this season for a handful of episodes. Now, speaking of episodes, we're again going to be bringing you access to stars and stories like you've never heard them before. Obviously, today we're talking with Blake Griffin for our Season 3 debut, and we're also planning to dive into some of the best moments in recent Celtics history, while also bringing on more star power that you will want to hear from. That's about as far as we can go into the details right now, but trust me when I say we'll be living up to our name and bringing you behind the scenes this season. Our audio episodes will be dropping on all podcast platforms every Tuesday for the next 12 weeks, and this season... We're bringing video into the fold, so video versions of each episode will be available on the Celtics YouTube page every Wednesday for the next 12 weeks. And just a quick reminder to please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. You know we appreciate every single one of you who gives us a listen. Now let's get into our season debut with Blake Griffin. We recorded this last Thursday in front of a live audience at Encore Boston Harbor, and we touched on everything from Blake's career arc to his observations of Jason Tatum, to his background in comedy and acting, and to his version of the DeAndre Jordan free agency saga that might have created NBA Twitter back in 2015. So, here it is with me and Abby Chin sitting down with six-time All-Star Blake Griffin. Enjoy. This is our first ever live podcast event. And Blake actually requested to be here. Is that right? I did. I'm. I'm I, <laughs> he, he wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, I, uh, a little nervous. You know, first live podcast. But we'll do it I, for a minute. You had your own podcast for a while. I did. They weren't live, so you could mess up. Yeah. It's like, for a second, I thought that you mistook our podcast for part of my take when you said yes. I was like, I thought that was the only podcast he goes on. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um. But no, Blake, your career is so fascinating to me um, that you came in number one pick, um, six, seven all-star appearances, rookie of the year, slam dunk contest. You're owning the league for so long. And now a decade and a half later, you're still here crushing it in the locker room, like really bringing people up. And you kind of like embraced it. And I personally, I've been in the league for 15 years covering it, and I haven't seen someone do that so gracefully of just like embracing that role of wanting to be the best team player that they can be when they're not in that first couple of years of their career where they're soaring at their heights. What has allowed you to kind of be that guy who doesn't care what the role is, doesn't care what anyone on the outside says? Um, that's a great question. I, I, I would like to think that it's like the people around me. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my friends, my family, they don't let you think anything. They, they tell you what you need to hear, not what you, what you want to hear. Um, I think part of that is just understanding, having a true sense of self-awareness. 
Um, if you want to keep playing this league, you have to, you have to check your ego at every level. Um, so for me, it's about, you know, winning a championship and, and, and playing this league and, and exiting on my own terms. And unfortunately I played with, not unfortunately, but I played with some guys who, um, didn't keep playing because they wanted to keep being the man. They yep. wanted to, they wanted, it wanted time. this amount of playing time. They wanted this amount of shots. And, um, if you do want to keep playing and that's your goal, then sometimes you have to understand, uh, your role within an organization. And then obviously this being the best, um, I mean, if you look at this team top to bottom, um, we have multiple guys coming off the bench that could start anywhere, um, on any team, mm-hmm. like hands down. So, um, to come to a team like that, like, ooh, you know, gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have your ego in check. Yeah. Coming in, what were you expecting and, and how did Brad sell you? Well, I expected to start and play 40 minutes. <laughs> I did too. That's what I thought about. I was like, yeah, so uh, I don't gonna know. Leave something can... happened along the way. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, the idea was, uh, you know, early on, obviously down Rob, uh, for yeah. what, two, three months almost. Yep. Um, you know, they'd had some injuries in training camp. Um, so, it was just an opportunity to come in and, and, and get some time early. And, um, as soon as I got here, I mean, just the locker room, the guys on the team, um, you know, I knew like this wasn't, this wasn't a place where I was just going to, you know, maybe come for three months and then, you know, try to go somewhere else. Um, this is like a, a place where, you know, professionalism is, is very high. Um, you enjoy being around the guys, coaching staff's great. Um, and, and something I've always thought about Boston, every time we came to play here is the fans are just like unbelievable. Man, Not so much when you're on the other team. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I think we saw that last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to run out of the tunnel every night and it, to already be over half full is a rarity in the NBA. And like, that just brings you energy. You know, though sometimes you're playing these games, especially at this point of the season where the break is right around the corner and you might be playing a game on a Tuesday night against a team who's not doing so well. And sometimes that energy um, is harder to create, but with, with a, a good fan base, it's much easier. So when I say, there you go, we got some woos in the crowd. One woo. One woo. <laughs> uh, when I say embracing the role and embracing the situation, the thing that stands out most to me is that literally every time your number gets called, you're like, you're diving on the floor, like sacrificing your body. It's just like, for lack of a better term, you're just playing your ass off for every second that you're out there on the court. I've just never, I've never really seen that from someone. I No, I, I'm talking about like that, it, you know, from where you have been in your career and then choosing to really embrace that in every second on the court, like diving, saving balls out of bounds and like giving the team extra possessions. Where do you get that energy from um, every single time that you go out there right now? Uh, you know, I, I grew up playing for my dad. Uh, and when you play for your dad, well, at least my dad, it was, uh, there was no, you, no choice. you weren't dogging it on the floor. Yeah. Like you, you know, we were doing loose ball drills, like, you know, first guy to the floor, wrestle somebody off of it. So that was just kind of like how I grew up yeah. playing basketball. I, I did that stuff, you know, early in my career. It's a lot easier when you don't have to play 38, 40 minutes a game, you know, you have a little bit more energy. So yeah. when I get in the game, I'm like, it's like, I'm been winding up the whole game um and again that's just like my, my role is just whatever whatever is asked um and i think that's not necessarily something that team lacks we have a lot of guys that play really hard but there's some games where you need a spark you need something to get get us going there's been some some games uh more, more so on the road um where you just just need somebody to come in and play hard and that's that's what i can do how close have you gotten with that bench crew? I mean, you guys always walk into the arena together, especially if they're on the phone. Peyton and Luke and Sam Hauser. Yeah, we call ourselves... Is Luke your best friend in the world? Hey, Luke is awesome, man. But I don't know. If everyone hasn't watched, like, you guys on the bench next to each other, is, yeah. it might be the best part of every night. It's uh, I, He's so funny, man, and uh, <laughs> playing unbelievably well. Uh, that's another guy. The way he's playing now, I mean, it seems like he could go to a team and start. Um, if not start, he could play a lot of minutes. Um, Luke is great. We call ourselves the bus one boys, uh, because we always take the first, we always take the first bus. There's three buses to the arena on, on, on away games. We always take the first bus and 
<laughs> the energy's pretty electric back there. <laughs> are you on back? Are you on the first bus? I'm on the second bus. Well, you're missing out. I'm not allowed on the first bus. Probably for that. Can yeah. we can we launch another podcast of you guys going bus on bus one the bus to the game every night? We'll bring a microphone and just let you guys hear what we <laughs> talk about. Listen, if I know Luke Cornett and Blake Griffin, that would be <laughs> yeah. gold. It's uh, right. we have a we we made a we we made a like a logo. <laughs> some, Did you really? we, we might be selling some merch soon. That <laughs> <laughs> Well, how early do you guys get there? Uh, what for a seven thirty game? The first bus is like depending on how far we are from the arena, right. like three forty five, four o'clock, or something like that. Because I mean, in your heyday, right? You had a, a three hour routine that was, I mean, I mean, I've, al- I've always taken that, that bus, yeah, because my routine hasn't changed at all. So I've always been on that bus. Um, but this now it's just the the group of guys on this bus are just great. I mean, and everybody else too, but like. It's uh, I I almost look for. We played in L.A. You know, sometimes when you play where you, you reside, guys will let you stay at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Malcolm when we were in Atlanta and like guys like that. I stayed at home and I drove to the hotel just, just to yeah. take the bus because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to miss anything. That I've never you, know, you miss a bus, you're, do you're down on inside. Just. So Luke really is your best friend. <laughs> yeah, they all are. Man. Who else is on that bus? Just so that we Sam Hauser, Peyton, Luke, Justin Jackson myself that's the crew yeah love it yeah how you said you mentioned the locker room dynamics and that this group is a little different how different are they because you have been in a lot of locker rooms between that group and then also with jason and jalen and then you have grant who is always talking (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's talking right now similar somewhere in market right there there are some big personalities in that. For group. sure, yeah. You don't always know what the like the the intricacies of a team yeah. are like until you really get to the team. You see, you know, you you some guys are very reserved. They don't talk as much to anybody. Some guys, you know, have their two three guys they're close with and don't talk as much to other guys. And it's, I know it's probably shocking. It's a group of twelve to fifteen guys. You'd think everybody is always getting along, but this group is it's like unbelievable everybody will talk to everybody and everybody has a thing with everybody. We'll sit on the plane sometimes and just somebody will bring up like a, uh, NBA debate and it'll just be like guys yelling, like they're, they're, can you reveal one? Uh, yeah, it's a lot. A lot of it is like, um, like this player versus this player, like back in the day. Okay. You know, so you'll take, it could, it could go down to names you might not even have heard. Um, and we'll debate that. We'll debate best cities to travel to, um, whatever it is. Like those are those are some examples. Cleveland, I love Cleveland. You do not. I mean, I listen. So, no, it's not great. But I'm also from Oklahoma City, so everybody's like top five worst Oklahoma City. <laughs> All right, guys, relax. You're like, bro, like the people are really not. Let me try to get a right, breakdown huh? and show you what it's all yeah. about. We'll go walk the river walk. miles. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge 
indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. You touched on where you came from, Oklahoma City. You're an Oklahoma boy. Your parents, how did they raise you as as a young kid from Oklahoma City to be able to come into the league the way that you did? Number one pick, like that comes with a lot of pressure and not only number one pick, but LA gigantic market. There's so many expectations attached to that, especially with an organization that hadn't been very good for a long time at that time. So what do you think it was about the way that they brought you up and where you came from that allowed you to handle all that? Uh, well, I I always say, yeah, it was was cute. Uh, can you tell we're part of it? I don't know if you can tell. Uh, I always say that my parents are two of the hardest working people I've ever met. They're both public school teachers in the state of Oklahoma and, and Oklahoma's bottom three in, in this, in the country, as far as like public, or public school teacher compensation, what they get for their budgets, like all this. So they, they have been serving, uh, both worked two jobs my whole career. We had an award shop at, out of our home. We'd make like trophies, plaques, medals, all this stuff. Did you make them for yourself too? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I would, I would, we would win a trophy like in the, cause we would do all the leagues around the yeah. city and I would get a trophy, go in the, our room, take everything yeah. apart, put it back up, <laughs> um, multiple times. Um, so I just sort of grew up as like hard work is just, that's just the baseline. Like you're, you're, you we don't accept anything less than hard work. School was obviously very important to them. So grades you couldn't if you did, if I didn't make good grades I wasn't playing sports I wasn't seeing my friends so those things early on as much as I didn't appreciate them at the time <laughs> um I appreciate them you know more ev- more every year um so that was just part of my upbringing um uh, I got to thank my brother a lot for for like where I am today just because I saw how hard he worked and I just, when it came to basketball and I just fell in line I just assumed that's you know what you did so um those were just a big part of like my upbringing, my 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 growth into basketball, and that's just what I that's what I did. You said early on you have been able to surround yourself with people who tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. How rare is that in the NBA? Uh, I think it is pretty rare, unfortunately. I um, but I tell young guys that all the time. Like you gotta have somebody who is going to keep it real, and not like keep it real some of the time. Keep it real all the time. Like if you mess up, like they gotta call you and tell you you messed up. Um, if you're not playing the right way, um, I think like with my parents and, and sort of my circle, it's always like, you always look inward. You know, a lot of people are like calling like, man, why isn't coach doing this? Like, why don't you do this? Why didn't your teammate this? And like that, we have none of that. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's sort of common. Uh, I would feel like, I feel like in the NBA. So I'm thankful that I have the people around me that I do. Abby calls me after <clears throat> any of our podcast recordings and is like, listen, like you just didn't bring it. Yeah. You, we need to work on just a rundown. Yeah. She's just looking out for you, man. Yeah, I know. Gotta, <laughs> I got to look inward and, and understand. I'm just not good enough. On to the next possession. <laughs> um, most of your career outside of those couple seasons in Detroit has been in big markets. So a guy who grew up in Oklahoma, went to college in Oklahoma. What was that adjustment like? I mean, it's continuing obviously now in, in Boston after a couple of years in New York and Brooklyn. Uh, but the high majority of your career has been huge markets as compared to where you grew up and spent all of your youth. Honestly, man, a lot of people ask me that when I, especially when I first got to LA, yeah. like being so young and I, like, I didn't even realize the, like, it didn't really register to me, like I'm going to play in LA until I was already in it. And, you know, I, I was, I'd been playing for a couple of years. You just don't, you don't realize it. I was just so happy to play in the NBA, you know? And then once you get there, like your rookie year, you're, your place at an apartment right by the practice facility, practice facility, arena, airport. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know, there's no, yeah. For now. There you go. Thank you. Bus one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was just, you know, you just put your head down, you go to work and, and 
thankfully, as I got older and more mature, then you start to realize that you can handle everything a little bit better. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting, like a 19 year old going to LA is, uh, seems like it would be wild, but it, it wasn't that wild. <laughs> I mean, Coming out, you did say your goal was to be the best basketball player in the world. Do you feel like you achieved that at some point? Uh, no, not necessarily, but I think having like a goal like that, I mean, there's uh, so many great basketball players that every year there's like a guy that emerges, a guy that's still on top. Um, but having that goal was all, it's always something to chase. Like, it's always that thing where like, you're not going to be complacent with like, if you had a, uh, MVP type of year the year before, it doesn't mean anything. You have to prove yourself. Famously every- third in voting one year, right? Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It was, you know, people were like, yeah, Blake was in the, the conversation for MVP. And I was like, yeah, but the conversation was like, you know, who's not going to win MVP? <laughs> like, like that was the conversation. It was like Katie by uh, Katie and LeBron. And then, you know, I <laughs> down there, but it was a, yeah, it was a fun year. Um, what, in the conversation that counts. No, I'll take it. I just, uh, the conversation was a little different than <laughs> no one's going to look at the total votes. They're just going to be like, Blake was third that year. Oh, yeah. 20 years from now, yeah, I almost won. Blake was third. Uh, you talked about 19-year-old going to L.A. I'm just curious how you would compare like where you were mentally, physically, understanding the game level compared to what you've seen from Jason Tatum from his 19 to 24 years. Because sure. you know, Being able to take a front row seat and watch this guy since he came into the league, into the league having a son right when he started his career my mind has been blown of like how he's been able to handle this three eastern conference finals trips can you kind of compare where you were um as to what you've seen him have to handle in in his early career i mean he's been he's been like i mean as you guys know he's been unbelievable from the start his maturity level is like off the charts and i know he's like i don't know how many years in five six years in six years in now um, but his like maturity level is, is insane. Um, obviously we see his talent level and he's gotten better every year. He has that drive. He has that special thing about him that, that great players do, um, where they're, they're, he's very humble, um, talks to everybody, treats everybody really well, but he, he, and he's, I think he's each year he's starting to realize like the amount that the amount of, of, uh, talent he has and, and what he can do and what his legacy can be and he takes that very seriously um but he's like he's wise beyond his years do you think about legacy when you're in the middle of it no not really i mean no like i don't, I don't think about like i'm not like all right gotta get up and work out for my legacy but <laughs> um you know i think he realizes that he's he is a special talent and he goes to uh he goes to work like it, you know, every day, um, and and he handles himself the right way. So that's fun to see. What's he like behind closed doors? Because you know, everyone in here sees him on the court, what he posts on social, and then his post game press conferences. That's that's really it. You're around him all the time. He's funnier than a lot of oh, people yeah. know. Like he's he's got a big personality. You just got to know him well enough. Yeah, not saying that I do, but you probably. He, do. Uh, no, I mean it's been it's been great getting to know him. He's super laid back. I mean he. Like I said, talk, joke with anybody. He's got a great sense of humor, um, and doesn't like have that thing where he thinks he's better. Yep. You know, um, he's he's been like, yeah, like one of the one of my favorite guys to like be around. As far as like that guy that's just like on an upward upward trajectory, he just keeps himself in that lane. He's one of those guys who will start the debate right on the plane. Between players, oh yeah, I mean he's he's always involved. If if yeah. anything Kobe comes up, it's like you got <laughs> you got to curve. But he uh, his knowledge of basketball is great too. I had a hot take today on Twitter about Jalen and Jason. I'm getting a lot of flack for it. What was it? But I said, you know, they're they're the first duo to ever. What is it? Twenty seven, twenty seven times that they have scored before twenty five or break. more points together before the All Star break. No other duo has ever done that. So here's me thinking, we've got a 26-year-old, a 24-year-old who have accomplished this together. No other duo has ever done this. If these two guys win a couple titles together, they could become the best two-way duo we've ever seen. Obviously, I'm just saying could, if if they reach there. And just open up that possibility. I'm getting crushed for it. It's a a, a possibility for sure. I mean, obviously, there's obvious ones, but... 
uh, MJ and, and yep. Scotty, obviously, Steph and Clay. Um, two way, but uh, Jack and Kobe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they obviously we we know we have some work to do. Yeah. Um, they know they have some work to do, but um, it's set up. Do you see that potential? Can you validate me? Yeah, I see that with Pedro. I did, didn't. I just validate. What are the people on Twitter saying? I please tell me. Something. I'm gonna tell you right now. Blake Griffin just validated me. They have. They have. The, they have that potential. Upon request. Yeah, don't include nothing. Me. Nothing's been done yet, but they have that potential for sure, and I hope they achieve it. What is going to be the key for this team this season to get over that hump in the NBA Finals? I think not to get complacent during the regular season. How difficult is that? Because 82 games, especially coming off the NBA Finals run, and it's not something that I've ever experienced before, and even I am at this point, and I have very little involvement. But even I'm tired at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. I mean, it's, I, I, haven't, I haven't been to the Finals, but playing deep in the playoffs year after year, you know, it feels like you you finish up and then you're right back to it. It's crazy. Um but as far as not getting complacent, it's about just doing the little things and embracing those. We've had our hiccups. We've had some bad games here and there, games we should have won. But um, in the grand scheme of things, you want to hope to set yourself up for the playoffs um, and not just get to the playoffs, but set yourself up, have home court advantage, all that. Um, so that's a big thing for us. And then just staying together and not letting teams get us out of our how we play basketball um, because when we play right, we're, we're, we're tough. What has made you guys so great so far? I mean, top, as as we have this conversation, this podcast is coming out live in a few days, but as we have this conversation, top four in defense, top four in offense, the only team in the league to be even close to doing that. What has generated this greatness so far? I think some of it's hunger. They, they, they saw how close they got last year, and they saw how hard it is to win. Um I mean, they were they were battle tested in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they they swept us, but then it was like yeah, but seven games, seven games, was six like, games. That sweep was not like your normal sweep. Oh yeah, that, it was like a game winner. That that was a challenging sweep. Yeah, that, that drained a lot out of both teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, yeah, am I uh, not a That drained a little bit more out of us. I thought those games. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. The game one was a game winner. Um, you know, game two, I think, like, last year we were up. Yep. Um, and they came back and won. That's what I'm saying. You have a few buckets go the other way. Celtics are down 0-2. Yeah. Then you're talking about yeah, this is me. In a lot of ways, like, I remember one year we played the Spurs first round. It all came down to, like, the last the last game. We won our last game. The Spurs lost their last game. We got the three seed. They got the six seed. And it was like... All right, we're playing the Spurs. Like, and this was like the Spurs. Hawaii, yeah. damn, fifty wins a year. Like, right at that. Right, and that was the first round, and and that round had us so locked in. Um, that I, it was some of the best basketball we played, and sometimes you need that. But you know, for this playoffs, it's about just not losing focus on who we are. Like, we we were a tough team, and and play our way, don't get rattled, keep going. I want to latch onto that though. Are you saying that you think that there can be a benefit to playing? Everyone out here wants the Celtics to have the easiest opponent for sure possible in the first round. But are you saying that there might be a benefit to playing a team that that makes you lock in like that from the very get-go of a run? There, there can be, but part of that is just the regular season. Like, don't let up. Don't drop games that we shouldn't drop. You know, make sure we come in every day and we work. Um, there can be a benefit to playing a really good team first, but I think our mindset throughout the, the rest of this season is going to be important. How big has Joe Missoula been in setting that mindset? Oh, he's been great. I mean, he's super intense. And that's what you need, you know, when we have a young team like this uh, to not get complacent. You need somebody every day to come in and, and remind you um, that, you know, we haven't accomplished anything yet. And he's done that multiple occasions. That's sort of his message throughout the season, I think, um, just to not think we made it. And that's, uh, that's, that's big time. His humor <clears throat> is... Joe. It, it's interesting. His sense of humor... <laughs> Can, do you agree? He's very different with us yeah. on camera. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. But just like super dry, but like deadpans it every single time. Is that how he is with you guys or? Uh, yeah, pretty deadpan, but I, 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 I connect with that. I know. That's what I was going to say. Like you're kind of yeah. similar. 
you know, I I can tell I can tell easily now when a joke's coming. Yeah, you know, he'll like he'll like set something up and then you're like, ah, oh, here it comes. <laughs> but that's good. You add it to your your joke notebook and your and your. Uh, I um I've picked up on things this year uh, that it will probably be in some stand up later. <laughs> For those who don't know, Blake keeps a note folder. Oh yeah, yeah, in his phone yeah. of jokes that he might be able to turn into something because he's big into comedy. And so he's stealing some material from his head coach. Yeah, I've had this notes folder for like ten years now. Um, so I've had a lot of <laughs> I've had a lot of material over the years. Do you use I've never seen you do stand up. Do you use NBA stories? Yeah, for sure. I um the first time I did stand up, I was like right I was trying to write like, you know, like topical, like whatever you see on the daily show or something. Sure. Yeah, I watched the interview uh that was like Seth Rogan. So he used to do stand up when he was like fourteen in Canada and he said he had like a bunch of jokes that were like grown up jokes and he would do okay and he came off stage one time and a comedian was like hey uh, how old are you and he was like 14 and he was like well write about 14 year old stuff and he did that and it crushed and so I was like you know what why am I trying to get away from basketball let me just write about basketball and that and that helped so do you have like 23 year old Blake jokes in your in your notes folder and then 33 years old Oh, for sure. I mean, I have jokes that I've, I've, it's an idea, and then like sometimes, like maybe two years later, <clears throat> it'll you'll you'll it'll you'll figure it out, and then you you know you keep writing. This is a perfect segue to something that I really want to talk to you about. Is like far before you ever came to the Celtics, I saw you in your first commercial, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, wow, like he delivered on like <laughs> Thanks, the, the timing and everything is just like <laughs> right on. Are you interested in being? an actor no or, no not at all no I, I like I I do things that I think are fun I've done some TV shows <clears throat> if it's a fun role uh yeah possibly but I'm not like trying to go on auditions yeah like yeah you know, like really take do the rock down like yeah no see ya I mean I say that now but you never know um I just enjoy I enjoy comedy a lot so I've done things here and there, but I've, I've started doing some producing and stuff, and that's yeah. that's more fun to me. I said I I tried to find it today. I was looking back on my post. I don't know if it was on my Twitter or Facebook, but when they when the conversation started about Space Jam two, and like everyone was like, oh yeah oh like maybe LeBron and, and no one knew that it was going to be LeBron, but I was like Blake Griffin would kill that role because I I really think that you might be the best actor in the league. Oh thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, well, really like. Keep that head small, but no, I think, I think, all right, guys, I'm out. Yeah, see ya. I don't know what I'm just going to tell you. You need to get Also, yeah. I have more evidence of this. So my brother has been in advertising for oh, going on a couple of decades. Yeah. Um, he writes commercials for a living. No, I'm not. And he has told me like way back in the day, like I have written Blake Griffin into so many of my commercials. It's never happened that, that they went to you to bring, mm -hmm. bring you on, but- he always wanted to have you in them because you just have this way of delivering. So I've got something I want to read that he said. He said, you can't teach timing. <laughs> it's like music. You either have rhythm or you don't. He has it. I've always been impressed with his instincts. Guys like him and Peyton Manning can just deliver lines. And we've seen Peyton Manning, what he has done since he's retired, hosting the ESPYs, hoping award shows or hosting award shows like that. Um, what do you think led to you having that comedic, timing and being able to nail a joke because it's not easy at all as i i know very well i think just my love of comedy growing up i i would like watch snl every weekend um comedy shows with my dad and then i grew up on like the comedy central era where it was like yeah tv shows stand up um, and then also like being the younger brother like always having to like try to do something you know um and then, I don't know, I, I think that was like the combination of those two things. Did you, I mean, starting to do stand-up, that's not... Terrifying. Many people yeah. do, yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, how did you, did you have to draw on any of your sports background? Like, how do you... Uh, is, it, is, it, is it harder to do that in front of a crowd like this or harder to play in front of 20,000? Way harder to do stand-up. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're up there alone. Yeah. And, I mean... What about everybody? They're aligned, like, to win the game. I mean, it's a, but those are things that I've done my entire yeah, life okay. since I was a kid. Um, I, yeah, it's, uh, people always are like, you know, people ask me that same thing, and, and it's just like you have no backup. You have no teammates. Um, 
everybody's like number one fear is public speaking or the number one fear is public speaking and comedy nice. stand up is that plus having to make everybody laugh yeah. so it's i don't know why i i don't know why i wanted to do it but i i, I did it and uh, i walked away thinking you know i had like another tool um you know when i get up here and do stuff like this like it, it's 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 much easier having having to have already done that what's the best show you've ever done uh I was a huge fan of the show Broad City back in the day. I did that, and to this day, I think I get more like more people come up to me and talk to me about that than anything. No, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah, more so than basketball. Oh well, no, <laughs> not basketball. <laughs> I was. I thought she said show. Yeah, that guy that was in Broad City is playing basketball right now. <laughs> I'm like, he's blatantly lying to us right now. That actor is a basketball player. <laughs> uh, no, obviously not basketball, but. Um, yeah, that's one I always that I'm always proud of. But that is something you do in the off season, right? You've said do you like to challenge yourself, do something different every off season. What's- yeah, I mean I've done like a bunch of swimming workouts. Uh, I did like soccer workouts. I always try to find something that like kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. Um, just because I think that's just going to help me in the future. Like gives adds, adds a new tool to your tool belt. What was it this year, coming into this season? Uh, this summer? Yeah. Well, I took up golf, and that's terrifying. <laughs> uh, but I've heard you're pretty good at it for, for just picking I, it up. I, I'm, like, obsessive when it comes to things. Yeah. And I was so bad that I was like, I can't be this bad. So You pushed through, though. I, but... I have, I've played way too much. We I think we both watched your Old Man in the Three podcast appearance, and JJ was talking about oh, how yeah. you just, like, rifled one, like, Gosh. 350. Right off the yeah, team, but the, you did it in the wrong direction. Yeah, the distance isn't the problem. <laughs> this way, it's it could go this way or this way. So everybody's in trouble if I was teeing off right here. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card, hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Uh, going back to the comedy thing, who's who's your favorite comedian uh, that you've ever watched? A stand-up? Yeah. Dave Chappelle. For sure, nah, he's a bad choice. Yeah, he's uh, he's phenomenal. He's um, one of those guys that could sit and talk to you about any topic and talk to you like very intelligently on it. It's it's impressive. Have you met him? I have. That how's that? And wh- where was that? Uh, the first time I met him, uh, I was in a friend of mine in L.A. Uh, co-created Chappelle show with him. His name's Neil Brennan. So I got I became close with him, and then we I had lunch with him one time, and it was. Um, kind of annoying because when you walk away and like you know i call my friends and tell them and like what was he like and you try to tell a story that he tells and it's just not funny <laughs> like only he can do that um <laughs> but he's great i mean like actor why like will ferrell like i grew up on yeah will ferrell you know um 
SNL. Yeah, yeah, SNL. There you go. All right, so you've done commercials, but I feel like your real life, particularly when it comes to the NBA and experiences that you had with the Clippers, I mean, stuff that you can't even imagine. You've been a part of some very wild viral moments, particularly when the NBA was coming into, and I think when we all were coming into the enlightenment of social media, whether that was like the night spent with DeAndre Jordan in lockdown. Uh, and Paul Pierce, he was there too, right? Paul was there. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He didn't know how emojis worked. That was right. that was the big thing. That's old hat status right there. Showing he posted like a thing of like clip art, <laughs> and we were all doing this emoji. It was like a boat, wasn't it, or something? It was like a rocket or rocket ship, and it had like the flames, like the animated flames. <laughs> You're like, all right, well, he he kind of he's got trying. It. Yeah, he kind of nice try, Paul. <laughs> what is your as of now your favorite? NBA moment, something off the court that you will always remember, a story you will always tell? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, that's one of them. That's a question I get asked about a lot. You're really not feeding our egos with that. I get asked this a lot. Yeah, that's, that's an everyday question, Abby. Well, that was like some a huge moment. That was like peak. You get asked NBA about Twitter. that. Yeah, about a lot. Yeah. That was peak NBA. That was like, but the beginning. That might have, yeah. Birthed NBA Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was a wild experience. You showed restraint, not telling him to. I don't know. Post certain thing. Can we dive into that, though? Sure. I mean, since it's right here for us to take right now, for everyone who doesn't know, DeAndre Jordan, back in the day, he was going to leave. During free agency. He was going to leave Lob City. He was going to go to Dallas. But in the middle of the night, the Clippers went down with their crew. Who, Who was it? It was you. Me, uh, me, C. Pete, Chris Ball, J.J. Redick, and Paul. And Doc, he was there too, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they went in and they basically like locked the doors in DeAndre Jordan's yeah. house. The, the real story is not quite that exciting. Tell us. The and you were story. with him all night. You were with him all the night before too, right? So he decides to go to Dallas and I'm happy for him. Then someday he's like, do you think I made the right decision? This is two days later. He's like, you think I made the right decision? And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> here, we, here we go. Um, and I was like, man, I honestly can't tell you that. If you're happy, I'm happy. You know, it's it's weird when a teammate leaves, because um, you, you like he was one was one of my best friends. Yeah. Like I want him to be happy. If he wanted to leave, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit there and be like, no, come back. You know, just and put that like. If you ask me though, him sending you that text is basically asking him. It was a cry for help. That, yeah, <laughs> 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 whenever he asks you, like, am I making the right decision? We love someone though. You have to let them go. I, I knew that, but I didn't. I still didn't want to like you know do yeah. too much. Um, Docker was calling me the next day, and he was like, "I think DJ wants to come back." And I was like, "All right." And then I get a text like, "Can you be on a flight in an hour and a half?" I was like, "Sure." So <laughs> I go to the airport. I actually like. I don't know how they did this, but they got somebody to drive me on one of the carts. Like I got through security and drove on a cart, like all the way up to the gate. They were holding the plane, got on the plane, flew to Houston. And it was, they were like, all right, go to his house. It wasn't a private jet? No. Commercial? Wait, are you serious? (laughs) No. It was commercial? Well, it was so last minute. It was just, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) It's fine. I got some peanuts. It was good. (laughs) Uh, Little feet though, right? I mean, that was... Uh, Oh, uh, no, I, I, it was like one of those small planes. So I was just like sitting there like, like this. Was it just you or was it the whole crew that was? No, no, it was just me. Um, so I went to his house. We like went, had dinner and the whole time Mark Cuban was like calling him. (laughs) Um, and you know, at this point he had, he made up his mind, I think. But he was not going to Dallas. Right. So then Doc, Paul, CP, JJ flying the next day. So I, I stayed the night at his house. I went to, went to the hotel, met with them. They're like, all right, here's the game plan. I'm like, guys, he's already coming. It's cool. Um, it's okay. So we go over there, we pitch him, and uh, he's like, all right, well, I want to come back. And Doug goes, all right, well, we're not leaving until you can sign. He could sign that night at midnight. It's like 2 p.m. And we're just like, we, we, we kind of laugh like he's kidding. And he's like, I'm serious. I'm like, all right, well, settle in. Somebody uh, order some food. We watched like Shallow Howl, good movie. <laughs> Um, we Let's did, we did order food. this group of people like sitting on the couch and like, that's like, uh, exactly what it was. Yeah. Passing the Paul, Paul was like, Hey, let's play cards. <laughs> we were like, all right, play cards. Uh, so we're just hanging out. He finally signs. Then we get on Balmer's plane and fly back to LA. He, DJ went on vacation with his family and NBA Twitter was on fire. 
At least you got private on the way back. I was saying you got private on the way back. I know. It's some, yeah, it's some nice little perks. <laughs> <laughs> What's Balmer's plane like? Like it's F-37? No, no. Like, a, like a, I was about to say a normal private. You guys know private plane. Uh, it was just like, oh, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah it's nice. It was nice. <laughs> Had a bed in the back. He was like, all right, I'm going to go lie down. All right, cool. <laughs> See you, man. Going to go to the restaurant yeah. in the back of the plane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got it done. Um, That's so, the real story. So that, thank you for clarifying the yeah. real story. You guys didn't have to like lock him in handcuffs and like keep him from running out. Well, so I, I'm actually pr- probably responsible for this because everybody's like, they're not letting DeAndre leave. And then so I, it was over by this time and I'm bored. <laughs> and so That's I went to his story. front. I went to his front door and took a chair and put it like nut and took a picture and put it on Twitter. And I was like, I think I said like uh, I don't agree with the furniture layout, but whatever. And so then people were like, Oh my god, they're really, really barricading themselves in here. Um, the whole the rest of the day was just me trying to think of funny tweets to send out. Just trying fun to too. no, it was fun. It was fun, except just like being in a house for twelve hours. When you know you can control. In the middle of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Brewing my summer, man. <laughs> it was Texas, though. It was hot, I'm sure. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. Working on that notes folder. Yeah. Based, based off of tonight, I know what it feels like to just control NBA Twitter at the at your fingertips. Everyone is so riled up over there. Yeah, start firing off more oh, hot takes. Yeah. I might have another hot take later tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, don't that, encourage him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that summer was the summer that Paul joined you guys, right? I believe he had already been with us okay. a year. So what was it like playing with Paul Pierce at the end of his career? Uh, it was great, man. He is hilarious. Um, super talented. And just like his stories, you know, over the years are, are incredible. But um, mostly probably about KG. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly uh, his, his time in Boston. And Eddie House, who's in the house. Oh, yeah. Eddie. Shout out, Eddie. Where is he? KG um, and Eddie. Yeah, he had he had great stories, but part of that was just like hearing about how they were as a team, and and you, you learn from guys like that. So um, that was really cool for me hearing the stories about these guys and and the championship run, and then you know obviously the the other years where they were extremely successful. How did that like his presence? I mean, bringing him in as a guy who won a title, went to multiple finals, played for your coach previously. How did that kind of help you at that time, if if at all? No, it definitely did. I mean, his, his like his mindset, um, special. Um, Eddie can probably speak to this, but he just had that that mindset of like he's he's going at you no matter what, no matter what game it is. He's he's trying to kill, and um, it's always good to be around that mindset because, like I said, you can get complacent through through the regular season. Can I put you on the spot? Uh oh, maybe. Go that ahead. locker room, well known. For its dysfunction, I would say because of issues, the Clippers. Uh, I would say that like, that was that was uh, extremely fabricated. Like we were very close as a team, okay. year after year. As you lose, like you know, people try to find stuff. There's, you know, we we had a guy. I'm not gonna say who it was. We had a guy come to us, play 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 for a year. He had an awful year. Left, very disgruntled. Did a, had a, put an article out with some reporter about how we were like the and I we I, we talked about it as a team like what was that like and so when something out something gets out there like that now everything's magnified but like our locker room and I, I've talked to JJ DJ Jamal Crawford CP yeah. all these guys were like yeah that was like it, it was like especially now looking back you're like that we were we were fine we just we just lost you know we didn't get to that like pinnacle and and yeah, no offense but the media just None tries to None take tear it. you down, um, and especially us because we were, you know, the Lob City, like high flying. We were like showy, I guess. Um, and you're still showtime from the Lakers. Yeah, for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, like four years. Um, yeah. So I, I, I truly believe that that was definitely blown out of proportion for sure. Okay, then I won't ask you to compare locker rooms, but how does the media compare? In Boston, I feel like Boston media gets a bad rap. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe not so much. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> talk radio. I mean, yeah, it's more talk radio. Like you guys never see. Like they're right. they're never coming to practice. They're never coming to the game. Oh, uh, the noises out there. How do they compare? I mean, I, I've never really had a big issue with the media. 
Um, Probably Boston, could you do things like this. I think people, I think maybe Boston media might get a bad rep because you're so used to winning here. Like, <laughs> it's just true. Like, like, like oh, the Patriots yes. and the, the historically Celtics, the Reds, like Bruins, there's unbelievable teams here. So if you're not playing up to that championship standard that, that everybody's so used to, then like you, you can, you know, they can, they can kind of pick you apart. But, um, the thing I appreciate about Boston in general fans and the media, like they appreciate if you play hard, like they're, they're smart enough fans to know, like, all right, some games we're not going to hit shots, but like, you can't dog it. Like you can't not play hard. Like that's unacceptable. And I, 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 that, that's the right mindset to have in my opinion. What else have you enjoyed about living in Boston for the first, uh, what is this, like three months? Yeah, <laughs> October's. Um, three months, and as you know, and, and we both know, like there, there's barely any time to like get out and do stuff in the city where you- Yeah, I mean, besides, obviously besides the team, we've touched on that, the fans, we've touched on that. Um, I think like historically, I mean, the this, this city is like so rich in history, um, and the food is very good here. Favorite food spot? Um, you like Italian? I love Italian. You and Joe, Joe Mazzulla. I know we always see the little coach pod. Like when we ch- we land in the city, like they go scurry off to dinner. Like and it's always a dinner. Like where'd you guys go? Italian. All right, cool. Like, we're gonna talk. Branch <laughs> out, guys. You guys like sushi, man? <laughs> like we're like in San Antonio. They're like, we found Italian. Like all right, we'll. Ch- you know, I'm sure we'll try something else. Great Italian spot in San Antonio. It's good to tell you. Yeah, um, there's some there's some great spots here. I've, I've I really enjoyed my time here a lot. Have you actually gotten out to do anything in the city outside of this? Outside of like eating? You guys, you guys did have a few days recently. Um, yeah, I didn't do too much. It was a little, a little under the weather, so that those two days kind of went out the window. Um, I went to a Boston College football game with some no, nice. when I first got here. I remember that. Yeah, you guys were all down on the field, right? Bus one, boys. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of it. But that's like what I like to do during the season. Anything you want to do in Boston? I want to see a Red Sox game. I want to see a Bruins game. Patriot, all that. You should do the Freedom Trail. That's yeah. something that's going to live somewhere. <laughs> They're going to be like that actor who plays basketball. Yeah, let's walk in here. A street right there. Saw Paul Revere's house. That was pretty You cool. did go and do that in the North End? How about that? Um, you know, drove by the old harbor uh, where the ship, <laughs> the harbor, the they, they do the reenactment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That was tea cool. party. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, you know, Boat. we don't have tons of time. So, yeah, I'm just kind of either in the gym or watching games or going to eat. Um, all right. So, we're running out of time here. We've got a few minutes left, but All Star Break is coming up soon. I'm not going to ask what your plans are, but you are very well-versed in All-Star Weekend. You're well-versed in the dunk contest. I want to ask you about the dunk contest and not necessarily your experience in winning it back in 2011, but for the guys who go in there each year, just how difficult is it to like brainstorm and think of dunks that have never been done before? That's like the, that's the big thing. I mean, the, the guys, you know, guys have done it. Like uh, the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon dunk contest was unbelievable, yeah. but I feel it. People just are so hard on guys that are doing the dunk contest. And it's like, all right, think of something that no one's done that you guys are going to be happy with. And also, like, All-Star Weekend, like, the dunk contest, you go in the back and you get to, like, warm up for, like, 15 minutes. They go in cold and have to. You wait wait while the other thing's being done. Come out and you sit there. And then you watch a guy down. It's, like, in front of 20,000 people and, like, then it's your turn. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit like if you just let guys go out there and do like layup line style dunk contests, like it might be more entertaining because it'd just be like rapid fire. Guys would be trying stuff. And Adam Silver know. listens to this podcast. He's been on this podcast. So. Has he really? Wow. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Fumble break. Um, yeah. So maybe tell him, <laughs> maybe, maybe tell him, well, first of all, tell him hi. Yeah, I'd like, <laughs> I'll text Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like the dunk on, there's some great dunk contests, but it's, it's not as like, conducive to a great dunking environment Mm -hmm. um that you'd think it was so rewinding to your year in it when you won it how much time did you actually like before that weekend because you were young at that right probably you know you're trying to you're hungry you're just making it for yourself so how much time did you put into it none i um well yeah and i had the idea to just put a car out there (laughs) well no I, i had the idea 
I told people I wanted to do it. Originally, I wanted to have like a convertible oh, yeah. and have my teammates drive it out. Somebody toss the ball up and jump over like the middle part. NBA was like, no, got to be a Kia. <laughs> Obviously. Um, and they're like, what about the Kia Optima? I'm like, have you guys seen the Kia? It's like, it's like a, you know, like to clear the whole thing. I'm like, all right, we'll figure it out. So <laughs> I, sure, I decided yeah. to do the hood. Baron Davis came out and, yeah. and tossed it up to me. Um, it's my rookie year. We came off a seven game road trip. All star started Thursday night. We fly in like late Thursday morning, oh, basically. I had an all star dunk rehearsal because they all wanted to make sure I could make it over the car. So we did. How long was that? The rehearsal, not that. I mean, honestly, it was just like them trying to get the car out, positioning. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we did that. I did the rookie sophomore game. So then all Friday, you, uh, Thursday, you have stuff, dunk contest rehearsal. Friday, I had stuff, Friday, rookie sophomore game. Saturday, I had all, stuff all day, dunk contest, all star game the next day. And then I hit the biggest rookie wall that yeah. I could have. But because at that time, it was Austin. We, we didn't. You didn't have like the week long break hadn't started yet, right? No, like so games you're, were like you're like playing Tuesday, Tuesday or something. Yeah, like that was we traveled insane. Monday because we had to go back on the road because the All Star game was in LA, so they couldn't just turn around in the arena and just play again on Tuesday. So we went back on the road for three. It was like ten straight road games, and I was exhausted. No one, no one understands like All Star weekend is awesome. It's great for the fans. It's great for the players too. But like. You guys do so much because it's not just the games and everything that, like that you just described, but you're also probably out doing stuff for your partners. Correct. You're going, you're going and seeing people. Maybe you go to a couple parties. Exactly. You have family it's, out. Yeah. You want to spend time with it's them. It's like it's gotten better every now. Single minute. Like guys now in 2019. Uh, uh, so it's pre-pandemic. Like, I was yeah. in Charlotte um, for that All Star game, and like you know, we we didn't have to come in as early. Guys don't come in. So like some guys flew in Saturday yeah. morning. Uh, which is nice. I think they've gotten better about that. But yeah, it was just like media for everything. Like you at that time, you probably had to do separate media for the dunk contest. Yeah, you have the to do media for all three things, and you have to do community service for all three things. Oh. Uh, plus, like the you know, you earned your paycheck the events. Yeah, didn't really get paid to be honest. <laughs> with that. Which is another thing. Um, but yeah. Adam, are you so is that why it's so hard to get guys to do the dunk contest? Yeah, I mean, what? if you think about it, like, if you're just going to go do the dunk contest, like, that eats up most of your weekend. And then, what, you have three days, two days after that. Um, so, I think it's I think it's kind of hard to get guys. Like, they just want time with their family. They want time to relax. And, you know, I know it's for the fans, but, you know, it's a, the season is, is pretty grueling as it is. So, anytime you can get a break, you should take it. All right. So, All-Star break is coming up. Going to have... 30 some odd games after the break. Last question for you. What do you guys need to do for the remainder of the regular season to make sure you're prepped and ready to go for when we really hit what matters? And that's with game one of the NBA playoffs sometime in mid-April against a team to be determined. Uh, I think just stay hungry. Like this mindset that, that these guys have now and we have like every day we come to practice or going into games um, is special and we just can't lose that. I don't see us losing that, um, but you know we're we're that's why there's we're there. Al Al does a great job. That's why guys are, like us are there to remind to remind the guys like every game counts. Um, we're not taking games off. Some guys need rest. Some guys get injured, but uh, we're not taking games off. All right. Can everyone give Blake Griffin? Yeah. No. Well, that's guys, a lie. We got. I'm gonna take hardest, a couple. Hardest working people. Yes. Let's go. Man, I'm going to feel so good with There's your validation, Mark. Oh. Good looking with us. Oh. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Blake. Thank you. Thank you, Blake. Was this, uh, have we immediately risen to the top of your podcast rankings? Of course, bad take. You guys are out there. You guys are up there, man. Fishing, Mark. Hey, but keep working. Stay hungry. <laughs> yeah. Stay humble. Hungry. Stay humble, too. All right, Blake, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks yeah, for coming. Thank you, guys. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everyone. new things try new things go back centuries while living in the moment forge new paths while discovering old ones pedal paddle and paint while trekking tasting and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind your heart and your body on a river cruise exclusively from avalon waterways save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com avalon is cruising elevate 
I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.